Hello, Guitar Smarts listeners. This is an important announcement. Please don't skip ahead. We start this podcast with a special message. Way back in 2021, Guitar Smarts had the pleasure of interviewing the utterly fantastic Matt Long. Matt is a multiple award-winning British blues guitarist and lead singer of the British blues band Catfish and hard rock outfit The Revenant Ones. He joined us for episode number 20 and was a truly gracious guest who spoke about his career, his childhood, guitars and meetings his hero, Joe Bonamassa. Well, Matt needs your help. Through 2023, Matt has been undergoing treatment for bowel cancer, and his recent prognosis has meant that to extend his life and retain a chance of survival, he needs to seek private treatment outside of the NHS. Matt's family have set up a GoFundMe page that is linked in the Guitar Smarts link tree in the description of this podcast. And we at the Guitar Smarts podcast would like to invite each and every listener to consider donating towards this fund that could well save the life of one of the brightest guitar talents of our generation. Now is the time, folks. Head on over to the link in the description to find the GoFundMe page. Donate what you can. Your donation could save a life. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. Over the last few years, Joe Bonamassa has produced, you know, a, a whole number of, of artists, you know, Eric Gales, mm. Joanne uh, mm. uh, Shaw, is it Joanne Shaw, Taylor, Taylor Shaw, Joanne Taylor yeah. Shaw, and yeah. Larry McRae, I think, recently. And he's he's kind of, him and Josh Smith have been going out and producing all these fantastic mm. blues artists and helping them out. And um, I think King King have got to be on that list. Greetings, welcome back to the Guitar Smarts podcast. If you're an everyday gigging guitarist, this is the podcast for you. On the 20th of October, Kieran and myself managed to get together in person for the first time in ages to go and see the band King King at the 1865 in Southampton here in the UK. Fantastic venue. Uh, If you've never heard of King King, but you enjoy blues-influenced, well-written, guitar-orientated rock music, then you'll be hugely impressed by their music. The level of musicianship present in this band is just really second to none and is evident on each and every exceptionally well-written song the band has in their repertoire. I will leave some links in the description of this podcast to their website and their Spotify page so you can give them the listen. Uh, But if you want the full experience, it's best to go to one of their gigs where they really, really thrive as a live act. They were supported by a fantastic Montreal-based rock band also called The Damn Truth, who were just utterly fantastic and well worth a listen, so go and check those guys out too. Housekeeping. Remember to like and subscribe to this podcast on your preferred podcast app this way you will get alerts when a new podcast is released and that means you won't miss the next show if you've already liked and subscribed and listened to us regularly then use the link tree in the description of this show to leave us a rating or a review this is the best way to support us and helps us to grow use those links to get to our social media pages too links to our buy me a coffee page if you do feel generous and links to some of our spotify playlists come and see us on the socials too especially on the guitar geek hangout page on Facebook, where you can interact with Kieran and myself and many other guitar nerds like us. Anyway, that's enough from me. Let's get to it. Hey, Kieran. A long time no see, Kieran. Hello, mate. All right. <laughs> yeah, good. How are you today? You well? I'm really good. I haven't Fantastic. seen you for a matter of hours. A matter of hours. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Mate, what a great gig yesterday. Oh, man. So for our listening audience, uh, we actually got to meet up face-to-face in person, yeah, which has, hasn't happened for a while, has it? Not for a long time. And not only that, not only that, we got to go out, out, and actually go and watch some live music. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And boy, and boy, did we watch some live music. <laughs> I'm great. still buzzing. Uh, me too. Great venue, great sound, great oh. bands. It was just spot on. Just what the doctor ordered. It's been too long since I've been to a decent gig. Oh man! And a perfect kind of gig as well. I love those those kind of gigs. You know, they're not too big. Those kind of yeah. You know, maybe up to about a thousand people venues. You know, with yeah, good touring. You know, professional bands, decent artists that you know are still at that level and but still really kicking it out of the park. And yeah, man, let's get straight into it as well. Let's talk about it, you know. Let's talk. So about I don't think we're going to talk about anything else today, are we? This is quite a rarity. This is like we should get some like some some royalties or something because <laughs> there's nothing else I really want to talk about today. I've got a couple of things I wanted to mention, but the but this is the main thing: the gig. This is the from main last thing. Last night. So 
we went to go and see a gig of a band that we've both seen before. And I think we've even mentioned it, the band on the show before in various episodes. Yeah. Um, isn't it one of uh, Papa Oliver's favourite, favourite bands? It is, yeah, one? one of my dad's favourite <laughs> favourites as well. Yeah. So we went to go and watch King King last night yeah. um, in Southampton, uh, a, a city I used to live in for many years on the south coast of the UK. So nice, nice to go back there. I'd never been to this venue before. Um, it was called, what was it called? The 1865? I think so, yeah. The 1865 yeah. or the 1895. Um. 18, 1865, I think, maybe. <laughs> no. maybe. Um, yeah, I think it was the 1865, yeah. But cool venue, right? It, had, yeah. it was like a definitely like an old school, um, like music club, which I haven't seen for a long time. I've been to a lot of arenas and stadiums recently to watch live acts, yeah. but this was like a proper, you know, uh, really welcoming, like nice atmosphere, like no queue at the bar, just people there for the music and to, and to, and to, and to really be into the music. There's no other agenda there. There's no mm-hmm. food being served. There's no other entertainment going on it's just mm. a stage with a with a great acoustics in the room and a small enough venue where you can feel really like close to the band <clears throat> and everyone was was there for the music and yeah that's that was really nice that was really good it was fantastic um, that's a really great venue i really recommend anyone you know on the south coast of the uk which i know is only a very small <laughs> fraction of our listenership <laughs> but if you're ever in the south coast of the uk um yeah uh, go to southampton try and find a gig at that venue 18 what did you say 1865. Behalf of both of us, when I say by the end of it, we were just thoroughly delighted with with the entire thing from Unbelievable. start to finish. Yeah. It was Wasn't just it? great, Wasn't it? Wow, great? What? Oh. just great music. I mean, you know, for for a start, you know, the songs are all fantastic. You know, the, mm. the um the you know Alan Nimmo and and Stevie Nimmo, the the two brothers that have performed together before. They used to go out as the Nimmo mm. brothers, and they've also they gone did. out separately as their own thing, the Stevie Nimmo band and King King. Uh, yep. King King is now Alan Nemo and Stevie Nemo on guitar as well, and then, mm. you know, the rest mm. of the guys. But ju- just got this really mature set of songs now, you know, that you only get after having so much, you know, time behind you doing this year in, year out, right? And it, it kind of shows. I mean, it just felt like we were watching this really kind of mature experienced and you know top level band um you know performing oh. great songs right i mean and, um, beyond tight there was no no oh, it's ridiculous like, yeah. i mean the the just the way and this is the first time i've seen this lineup for king king like so yeah. i i got into I got into the Nemo Brothers like back in I don't know like the early two thousands like mm. two thousand and five something like that six maybe um, there was this album that came actually it was about two thousand and nine I think this album um, picking up the pieces which was the, the the Nemo Brothers like that for people that haven't heard that that Nemo Brothers album mm. picking up the pieces that is just that got me re-excited back in 2009 about like blues rock again, because I was still listening to like stuff that I've been listening to for a long time without getting anything fresh and exciting and that Mm. had a contemporary feel, but also acknowledged like a lot of the stuff that had come before it. And that just blew my mind, that album. It's if you like riff driven blues rock with a lot of really kind of gnarly vocals and stuff that that Nemo brother album is amazing. There's two tracks on it all because of you and nothing in Chicago, which are just, just, I mean, the the whole album is, is amazing, but mm. um, I've, this was the first time I'd ever seen King King and I've seen King King as a band a few times over the years with various different musicians and they don't change musicians and line up that often, you know, mm. but this was a fairly major reworking of the lineup for me. It was like different bass player, different uh, Hammond player, different drummer to that, to that, which I'd seen in the previous lineups, but also the first time for me where I got to see the brothers like Stevie and Alan 
together playing because mm. I, I, I like because Alan Nemo's been touring Kinking and it's it, it's his band in effect right he's been touring that band yeah. for a long time without without his brother so that was special mm. for me to be able to see both of those two you know in a band now together as Kinking it was it was amazing oh it was fantastic absolutely brilliant and uh, just great songs as well you know I mean it just to hear a night of music where you know it's kind of the music's written for the guitarist isn't it it's, oh, do you know what I mean? It's 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 like to to hear music all night that is written by a guitarist from a guitarist kind of perspective of from of music is it's just such a pleasure if you're a guitarist to not just go and listen to a great band but to you know to to kind of just experience a night of fantastic guitar playing as well. But you mentioned the drummer, right? Oh, oh. my god. That new, that drummer, the new drummer, Good he's Lord. got. I can't remember the name, and actually, I should, I should make a point of mentioning the names of these people when I do okay, the I'm intro for the podcast, which I will do. Yeah. But um, just uh, the drummer was absolutely fantastic. Alan Nemo's always had great drummers. You know, the previous drummer, yes. I, I think a guy called Wayne Proctor, I think something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, who was a different kind of drummer than this guy? This guy's a bit more of that. <laughs> we were saying, <laughs> what we were saying is a bit <laughs> we, more of a Simon Phillips kind of thing. He, Man, he had the Toto sound, right? He Those, did have the Toto. He, he had the yeah, Simon that. Phillips toms, the kick drum that just was that tight thud. and punchy, but yeah. thudded you right in the chest, yeah. but not in an unpleasant way. That, that, I mean, there was plenty of times where we were just just very, very excited about yeah. the drummer. Uh, but but yeah. he's, he had, like, serious chops, but a great feel. But, like, yeah. King King's last drummer, Wayne Proctor, was much more of a feel guy, a bit more of a kind of a Steve Jordan kind of thing, you know, where he was, right. you know, it, uh, you know, instead of having, like, five toms, you know, he used to have, like, one rack tom, one floor tom kind of thing, and he was much more of, like, the, the groove kind of guy and a bit more minimalist, but still just an amazing drummer. Yeah. Um, and this guy he's got now could do this pretty much the same thing as well but obviously just a bit more of a technical guy but what a pleasure to listen to him play the Hammond guy the keys guy as well um just a brilliant so Johnny Johnny Dyke on Johnny Dyke was on keys yeah, that's the guy, guy. Called a- a- Andrew Scott was yes. on drums and I mean yeah just killer killer musicians man Absolutely, absolutely. Just a solid performance the whole night. Just fantastic sound. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna go out there and say it, man. I think last night confirmed for me, Alan Nemo is up there in my top five greatest yeah. guitar players of all time for me. Yeah, probably, arguably arguably the best live player that I've seen. And he's in some strong company there. I mean, I've seen Clapton live a couple of times. I've seen Mayer live a bunch of times, Mm. Slash a bunch of times. They're all like my idols and icons, but I don't know, man. Maybe because it's just because I saw him last night and I'm still buzzing about it, but I haven't (laughs) haven't felt that excited about seeing a live band and a a guitar hero like that. And he is a guitar hero. He is. I'm still buzzing today just listening to his stuff, but it wasn't just like guitar playing for guitar playing sake, right? Their songs are belters, man. They've got some some guitar hooks that just absolutely stay with you. They've got some vocal hooks and and backing vocals that just get into your ear, man. They they write incredible songs. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm just, I'm blown away. Absolutely blown away by, by what I saw last night. It was from start to finish an absolute tour de force. Um, standout tracks for me was, uh, so this is one. So if you guys haven't listened to King King out mm-hmm. there, go to Spotify. All the albums are there. Um, check out the Nemo Brothers, that album I mentioned, mm-hmm. picking up the pieces. That's a great album. But in terms of King King, so I haven't listened that much to their quote unquote new album because it's, it's new. Yeah. I've listened, I've listened yeah. to a little bit, but not much. But that track that they played, well, they played a couple off Maverick last night, but. That one, I will not fall. Yeah, um, man, that is. That, I think that's like my new motivational like song in terms of getting myself into gear yeah. and stuff. It's got that. It's got like that eighties eye of the tiger kind of like <laughs> yeah. vibe to it, but but not in a cheesy way and like a really cool like yeah, yeah. just epic blues rock driving ways. That's yeah, that's it. That that for me was one of the standout tracks um last night as well as um you stopped the rain which was yeah. uh off the 2015 album that they did but that song almost made it into my greatest 
contemporary licks mm. uh, list, you know, that we did the uh, the other week. Yeah. On, uh, or uh, contemporary riffs. But I kind of, I didn't include it only because I thought I'm the only one that's going to know this one. Yeah. Or maybe you would know it as well. But so I didn't, I went for it, but didn't go for it because I didn't think it was going to be popular enough. But it should be. And that's the point. Everyone should know this band. Everyone should know the band. I mean, for me, my favourite track of the night <laughs> Other than maybe the encore, <laughs> but we, but I don't, I don't spend a lot. Of, we'll talk about the encore in a minute. The encore was a whole yeah, thing, that, right? Because that's the like it's the only time they didn't do a song of their own, and um, we yeah. should give as much credit to them and light as possible to the songs of their you know their own. But for me, the highlight yeah. was uh, yeah. "Long History of Love." You know that that, oh, you know, the, that and he song. introduced it as like you know this is King King's blues basically. It's yeah. like a like a slow yeah. ballad, you know, and. Um, uh-huh. But man, it's just it's just such a fantastically well written song. Like not easy to write slow songs uh, that are, that are good. They're not. Uh, but they can They're really not. do it as well as do some really great rock rockers, you know. But that one oh. performed last night was just. I mean, the guitar solo was just. I was just blown away after that. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you know, that's another great track. Every track was fantastic. The faster stuff, the slower stuff. Um, they really connect with their own music. It's the thing that uh, you can see mm. the most. When when they're performing is it's you can see it's so much joy for them to be playing their own songs you know and Alan's singing is just ridiculous as well. Sorry to interrupt this conversation. However, if you've made it this far, you should definitely subscribe to the show on your favourite podcast app. Go and do that now, then come right back. Welcome back. You know, to be oh, able to man. hear him sing is, is just as uh, amazing to hear him play guitar, you know, as well as Stevie. You know, Stevie's it, a great singer too, and they were, they were just all on form last night. It's, 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 it's phenomenal. I mean, it's honestly like the highest calibre of, for me, musicianship that does something for me, right? Because it's got the, it's got this, it's got these great songs that they've written. It's got this, the guitar playing and style that completely works for me, right? You know, I'm not somebody that necessarily will go to a Steve Vai concert and stand there on the front row and just analyze all of his legato and go, you know, this guy is a, is a genius. I can appreciate his genius, but it doesn't move me emotionally. It moves mm. me in an intellectual way, but then I get a little bit fatigued by it and want to go and listen to something that 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 makes me have some sort of more visceral emotion. Yeah. This stuff we listened to last night with Kinking is that is that for me. It ticks all of those yeah. intellectual guitar playing stuff, songwriting stuff, like but emotionally connects with me the the, the kind of you know tones and the instruments and the and, and the way that they play. But exactly as you said, Matt, there's this performance that comes with it because they're so tight and they're so accomplished that you also get a show because, and and Alan is a great frontman in every sense. He's like funny, engaging. He commands the audience. He leads the band as a kind of proper band leader should. So not only are you getting, you know, I've I've been seen, I won't name any names because that's not a nice thing to do, but um, I've been to go and see like, big named artists and you get there and you go, yeah, it sounds good and it sounds nice, but there's no, there's no showmanship. There's no, there's no like performance performance. It's just like they're going through the motions and you just think, well, that was great, Mm. but I'm, I'm left feeling a bit cold, even though it sounded great and, and, and they played well. Mm. These guys put on a show and put, it felt, you know, like considering this was like the last show or one of the last shows of this leg of a very long European tour. Yeah. They felt, they it, it felt like I was watching a, a fresh band did, that had just it? come out, come yeah. out of the studio and were keen to like play and hadn't played live for a long exactly, time because yeah. they weren't fatigued. They weren't yeah. like bored of, yeah. of, of the road. It felt like first day of a, of a new tour really and they were all, like a and they were all had energy. Right. And I was like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. You've just it done, is. like you've just been gigging every night for the last few months yeah. on a, on a massive European tour. I, I yeah. Oh dear. And do dare, dare I say it, is it could you uh let's let's talk about like the strat tone as well. Oh man <laughs> Like, like this happens every time I go and see them live and I haven't been to see them live for at least five or six years now. Uh, I went through a whole bunch of period of time seeing them live at different blues festivals, different little blues clubs, even some pubs in London that they were doing. And every time I came away from watching them live, I would go home and play with my strat tone. 
and mm. try and find a way to get his strat tone, get, you know, because he uses chorus in a really beautiful, sympathetic way that you can hear it, but it doesn't overpower his strat. And I, I never managed to find that, that particular sweet sound that he's got. And then he uses delay on all of his solos, but in a really beautiful, sympathetic way that just makes them sing without dominate. It, it's just perfect. But that strat tone is for me like the holy grail of strat tones. And that that's how I feel every time I come away from watching him play. And he changes amps, he changes rigs, he uses different strats every now and again, but he has a mainstay of guitars. But I don't know, man. I don't think I'll ever get it. But it was just it was just perfect. It was just Isn't a, it? A, a, it was just <laughs> <laughs> It's like seriously, just uh, uh, his his. Um, and we're talking about Alan Nemo here. We should, you know, Stevie's Nemo, Nemo's oh, the same. They're both as, as bad as each other when it comes to how how they do it. I don't know experience I and know. And, uh, and just you know gift a gift as well. I guess of just being able to to just sound great. So much of it is in the fingers as well. You know, we know of that course. we said that before. Of so course. much is in the in the app. You know, their abilities as guitarists to be able to to pull these sounds out of the instruments that they have. But just something about like just a couple of songs where it was kind of like, you know, the the band would come in and then like Alan might just like play a couple of notes or something just quietly. And you just like just immediately I'd just be like, that is just it's just perfect, just perfection tone. You know, the the sound of that strat cutting through, you know, that that band mix and it just sounded fantastic every time. Everything he played just sounded awesome. He just had such he's just got such a well-developed, well-honed sound (laughs) as a guitarist. Sickening. I want to hate him, but I can't because he just is so bloody good and entertaining <laughs> and so engaging. I mean, don't let, don't let it become like your relationship with John Mayer. I can't. By the way. I can't. Know? I don't think it ever will. I don't yeah, think Big Ray's already pointed this out. Don't forget. You know, you, you, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> I love you these people so much. I end up hating them. You end up hating them because you. <laughs> <laughs> So often when I go to, and, and and you made a really good call yesterday, obviously this is rule 101 and I'm sure all our listeners do this, but like if you've got a choice of where you can stand in one of these small little venues, go go and stand next to the sound engineer. Yeah. And luckily the format of the venue last night is the, the front of house desk was literally plumb bang right in the sweet spot yeah. in the middle of the state, in the middle of the, um, kind of uh, standing area, but yeah. not too far from the stage. And it was just like, right, we're just, we're just going to stand there. And we just had the best, the best sound all night, right? Um, yeah, credit to the sound guy. I mean, he clearly, he's obviously, is working with them from gig to gig. Mm. And it's not just a local sound guy. You know, he, he's the he's the king king sound guy. Um, but man, he just, he really just had that, that whole band sounding superb. I think the key is the drum sound, actually, for me, a lot of the time. If you get the drums sounding yeah. as good as he got them, that's kind of the foundation yeah. to layer to the sure. band on top of that mm-hmm. sound and get everyone, you know, just get everyone sounding great. It's the difference between sounding like a pub band and sounding like a, you know, a decent live performance. But, you know, just such a pleasure to listen to them and, and, and you know, kind of be there for that performance. You know, just such a, just such a great sounding band. So that that tone, like I go to I go to gigs as we all do, and oftentimes I find like a guitarist tone like has elements that I like and elements that I, that are nice but not exactly to my taste, yeah. right? So I can go along to a gig and I can go, oh, I really love his clean tone. He's got a great clean tone, but maybe that his overdrive tone or his lead tone isn't isn't particularly to my taste, and I'd EQ it a bit differently, or it'd be, it'd be something different for me, or or vice versa. They have a great great lead tone, but their clean sound isn't whatever. Like Alan Nemo for me has the best spectrum of clean, crunch, drive, searing lead. Like every one of his patches or tones selections yeah. is for me the quintessential strat version of that particular yeah. tone that I'm looking for. It's just like, <laughs> damn it, you've literally nailed every every element of gain stage that I would want to to have. Yeah. You know? Um so, but 
it kind of all culminates from an, from an original source material, I guess, which is which is where the encore comes in. Oh, but, the encore! And we had to, we had a debate about this, didn't we? Before did. the game, we were kind of like, did. "Do you think he'll do this song?" Because he's known for doing. Um, so he's been known for a long time for doing a cover of Eric Clapton's "Old Love," which yeah. is just just you know one of Clapton's best ever tracks, without a doubt. He wrote it with Robert Cray in the early nineties for the Journeyman album. I guess late eighties, eighty nine. I think Journeyman was, um, and it's just this fantastic slow blues kind of ballad kind of thing. You know, not a slow blues, but it's a, it's a kind of you, know, you imagine it as like a modern blues. You know, really. Um, I think everyone <laughs> listening to this show knows that song. I would love. You should man. know I mean, it. You should know it. Yeah. If they if you if they don't, you're on the wrong podcast. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> it's like our favorite. It is it is my favorite Clapton song of all time for sure. Yeah, it's up there it for is, me as well. It is without it, a doubt. It, it is definitely up there, and I think that takes a tremendous amount of courage and audacity to go I'm going to cover Clapton's Old Love as part of my my band oh, yeah, set for sure like that, that song is too special and too precious to too many people to have a go at it but yeah yeah because we said didn't we it's like <laughs> some songs you almost revere too much to want to do them uh-huh. when you're in a band yourself yes. which for some people for you sure. might think listen I think what do you mean surely if you love a song you want to perform it but, the, but it's like like I said to you sometimes you know if, if you love a song so much it moves you in a way that you can't necessarily feel the same way about it when you do it yourself so unless you can you know from, that's the way I felt about it. that's why there are some songs that when we were in Roadrunner together that, that we didn't do and I think as a band yeah. we made a choice not to do even though we all love them because of that same thing because we kind of don't want to diminish the, the you know how much you like a song because if you can't do it justice night after night when you're gigging you don't want to diminish your feel you know how you feel about music that you love so credit to them for taking a song as big as that and still turning it into something that was their own because like Alan used to do this thing didn't he where he would get quieter and quieter and quieter every guitar playing until mm, mm. the venue was so <clears> quiet it didn't work for him last night he tried to do it in a different song I think and I think some people song, in, the, yeah. in the venue didn't really get it and uh, no. <laughs> which is a real shame no, there was a lot there was a few new there was a few new people right to the venues they'd not seen them do that kind of thing before yeah. so they were kind of getting confused they thought of, something was like, broken maybe and yeah. <laughs> even said at one point didn't he said for those of you who don't know <laughs> nothing's broken we just can't we just just yeah. got really quiet and then he kind of carried on just as normal but they, then they came back on for the encore and did old love and it was really interesting to hear him talk about he was introducing the song uh, about himself and Stevie growing up when they were kids and sitting on on the floor in the living room watching videotapes uh, and obviously you know Clapton 24 Nights was obviously one of the ones mm-hmm. he's referring to because you know uh, that's kind of the version of the song I feel like they were paying homage to the most you know oh. especially with the synth sounds that you know um the keys player was, was was getting going and stuff like that um well they 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 well we debated as you said at the beginning whether they would play yeah. this because i know <clears throat> we've seen them live before i've seen them a few times and they've always played old love yeah. uh either towards the end of the set or or i have seen them do it as an encore mm. um and I thought, well, it's been a few years since I've seen them now. They're like five or six albums in with King King, plus all the back catalogue of the Nemo Brothers. And now there's both of them playing there. I mean, they've got like a stupendous amount of songs and really great songs, right? Yeah. So I said to you at the beginning, before they'd even started, I was like, they're not going to play Old Love tonight. And I'm cool with that mm. because they don't need mm. to anymore, right? That that was the, that was when you used to go and watch them live back in the day because they cover this song so bloody well, like incredible. Um, there was an expectation in the, in, certainly when I used to first go see them live that, that they kind of almost had to play it because they do it so well and people love that song. Yeah. It's just like, they've got to play it. But I kind of felt for me like that they are big enough now on, on the, in their own merit, in their own rights to not do a cover song anymore yeah. that, because the cl- crowd expect it. And because they've got enough of their own great songs and they haven't toured because of COVID, it's just like, there's no way they're going to play old love and nor should they have to. Yeah. Right. And, and you were like, no, I think they're going to play it. I think they're going to play it. And you 
were right. You yeah, were, but I didn't as, think as, they'd as, do it as, as an encore. In most... I, I thought it might be mid-set, right. something like that, you know. Okay. Um, I thought okay. they'd finish on something of their own. But saying that, there are so many songs of their own which are good enough to be that end of sets encore <laughs> sure, song. Man. Anyway, you know, most of the stuff they didn't they play. Jealousy. Yeah. They didn't play Jealousy last night. Jealousy, I think, won them some mm. awards in the blues kind of circuit mm. a few years back. That's off a 2013 mm. album called Standing in the Shadows. But that's kind of like their version of like Old Love or something like this supremely awesome like ballad, heart-wrenching ballad with like crazy killer guitar tone. I mean, go and listen to Jealousy by them. That's just a ridiculous song, you know, which... I was expecting, because it is one of the ones that won them a lot of yeah. accolades a few years back, I thought, well, they're going to have to play Jealousy as their, as their encore, mm. which they didn't. They didn't play that song all night. Um, but what after he told the story that you've described with them growing up as kids, watching the videos and all of that, and the way in which they did Old Love, they, they it started with all that synth sound that you hear in 24 Nights, yeah. and then they did excerpts from Edge of Darkness and uh, Probably Me, yeah. like the little guitar uh, motifs with in that to build like the tension and I'm just like I, I'm this is 24 nights like happening yeah. right in front of me it's cr- they created that atmosphere and then both of us kind of looked at each other and and, and Damo was was well. yeah absolutely and Nick White yeah. as well was yeah Nick White was with us as well and we kind of looked at each other <laughs> and went well they are going to do old love now there's nowhere else you can go <laughs> once you basically created the setting for 24 nights and and of course they did which to me like kind of some ways just showed a humility, yeah. right? In which is like, they don't need to play that song anymore, but they play it because they love it. And they're still like venerating the musicians that influenced them and how they grew up as kids and guitar players. And they just love playing that song. You know, they don't need mm. to. They've got enough great songs, but fair play to them for doing it. It's certainly made yeah. <laughs> our night. You know, well, it's man. almost like it, it's... I think it's important to do I mean, you kind of, what they're doing, I guess, when they do that song is they're kind of, they're showing you back past themselves, aren't they? They're trying to say to their audience and say, you know, you're looking at us now in music now, but, you know, hey, don't forget to look back past us and look at the things that we love Mm -hmm. as well, what we listen to. You know, you're you're hearing our music and our music's influenced by these people. I think it's important when when you're a band, you're a host of good music that you should also try and make some time for music that's influenced you so that people who listen to you can go back and find those <laughs> things as well. It's almost like, you know, <laughs> you don't, it's, it's like maintaining your link to hit the history of things, isn't it? It's important. It is. It is. It is. But also on, on, on almost like every like person's moment of being in a, an inner child, I can, I, there's some part of me that likes to imagine those two growing up playing guitar and like, imagining one day what if we get big what if we get good what if we make it famous and start playing back the venues i mean like well of course it was written in the stars these two are phenomenal musicians and phenomenal guitar players but you know i'm sure they had that dream as kids of going one day we'll be on stage like playing playing you know basically 24 nights and playing old love you know to 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 a whole audience and now they can so why not just do it be 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 your childhood self and 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 live that dream because because you can, you know, why not? Why not? Exactly that, because you can. And yeah, and you special. can definitely see it. You can definitely see it in Stevie Nimmo's playing, because Stevie Nimmo took the first mm. big solo in Old Love, didn't he? Oh, uh, he and really his did. playing is exceptional. And I've got to say, actually, you can, more so than I think in Alan's playing, you can hear the mm. Clapton influence in yes. Stevie's playing. And I'm, yes. and, I, and I'm not saying that to say he just sounds like Clapton. He doesn't. He's a fantastic no. guitarist in his own right. But what I think what I mean by that is, you know, watching Stevie stand there and solo over Old Love, you know, and, and you know, there are his eyes closed, kind of just let himself go mm-hmm. for it. You, you can, you can almost see, you can almost you kind of imagine that he's thinking back to when he was first listening to that music as well. And, yeah. and kind of, you, there's this flaw happening of, you know, just, you know, the thing, the things that he's remembering in his life and, and he's playing. And it's such a great moment to kind of witness. It's such, so great to see, you know, people perform like that. It's, it's you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's actually, you don't get to see that anymore. Certainly not in the mainstream, no. but to see people no. pay that kind of respect to music they love in their own performances you know you don't Mm. get that everywhere it was really great but then obviously the other thing was then Alan was playing guitar as well and 
I just remember thinking, man, it's like he's got the 24 nights strapped on. That, I, I, I wonder ridiculous. if maybe that's, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's why I liked his strapped on so much is because for yeah. a lot of the night, it actually really was, it did sound like a fantastic or, you know, kind of a variation of Clapton's tone on 24 nights, particularly that big band yeah. section of 24 nights when he's, yeah. when he does old a love. A little bit dirtier, a little bit more compressed, but the bass tone is that. Yeah. It, for a modern, for a modern era, yeah. you know, it, I mean, that's probably why we like it, right? Because we grow up listening to 24 nights and thinking that was the best strat tone that we'd yeah. ever heard. And it just wailed. And, you know, I wow. think For whatever, whatever, whatever it's based yeah. on, it's just immense. I think it's criminal <laughs> that those guys aren't, aren't bigger. I, I actually really do. I mean, I was saying to you last night as well that, you know, over the last few years, Joe Bonamass has produced, you know, a, a whole number of, of artists, you know, Eric Gales, mm. Joanne uh, mm. uh, Shaw, is it Joanne Shaw, Taylor, Taylor Shaw, Joanne Taylor yeah. Shaw. And, yeah. Um, who else has he done? Um, Larry McRae, I think, recently. And he's just, Joe Bonamass has been doing this kind of, I think he's got his own label and um, he's he's kind of, him and Josh Smith have been going out and producing all these fantastic mm. blues artists and helping them out. And um, I think King King have got to be on that list. I just, I would love to see. Well, they were on Bonamass's uh, Mediterranean that, Keeping the Blues Alive tour, the, the most recent one, weren't they? I think the one before yeah. that as well, before the pandemic, potentially. I wanted to go on that yeah. one. I was, I was really, really tempted. I almost bought tickets to it because actually it was Bonamassa, but also because it was kinky. Yeah. And I was like, that would be great for me that to, to go and watch those guys on a boat and go around mm. the med would be, would be mm. fantastic. But kinking for me, that was when I thought, actually, these guys are starting to get into the inner circle now. Mm. If they're, if they're getting seen and clocked by, you know, the likes of Bonamassa and so, and exactly to your point, man, as they should, these guys should be, should be a, a, every bit as big as they want to be because they deserve mm. to be, you know, uh, I mean, from a selfish perspective, it, it was nice that we weren't watching them in a, you know, hundred thousand seater arena last mm. night as two little, well, five little specks in the distance on a stage, yeah. you know, an intimate little blues club. And you kind of go, this is brilliant. Cause yeah, they're just, know. you know, it's such an intimate kind You're of You're right. Isn't it? But wouldn't but you just love selfish, to see. That's selfish. Yeah, I know. But wouldn't you just love to see them in a venue like, see like the Shepherd's Bush Empire or something like that, mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. you know, um, that kind of thing, you know, it just, just not necessarily, you know, like the, like the, uh, the what's the place in Islington called that, the, 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 oh like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, well, there's the, the O2. Is the, oh, there's is the O2. The there's also the, the kind of, uh, it's like, a, I think it used to be a church, but right. um, it's another great venue as well. But people will be able to look it up. But I'd, I'd love to yeah. see them kind of performing, not necessarily, like you say, you, you wouldn't want to go and watch them in a, an arena because no, no. You've, you've had the benefit of watching them in a more intimate place. And there's something yeah, yeah, wonderful yeah. about listening to that kind of music in a more yeah. intimate venue. But I'd love to see them take a step up to places like, you know, like the Shepherd's Bush Empire and, and you know, something mm -hmm. like that, you know, a few thousand, you know, tickets, ticket sales, you know, and, and really listening to them on a, on a, on a, on a scale like that. Uh, but man, what a joy, what a joy it was last night. Ma, I think, I think if our audience hasn't got it by now, then, 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 you know, they'll never get it. But we, we had a great time last <laughs> we night. We had a great time. And a bonus please, mention. Please go and check out King King. Bonus yeah. mention to the band that supported them as well called The Damn oh, Truth. Yeah. A Montreal wow. band that were utterly fantastic as well. Really great kind of like, I don't know, kind of reminiscent of like psychedelia, kind of late 60s psychedelic rock, but also kind of that uh, 60s, 70s glam rock kind of style. They just, they just wrote really cool rock, we just rock them, and roll. We? Wasn't it? it was just I, it fantastically was, it, performed. Considering the reference points that they yeah. clearly had and were influenced by, I just found the whole thing so refreshing. Yeah, it kind of cut through like a lot of the, I don't know, just nonsense that we've been hearing recently. And I was just like, this is a, this is like a bunch of. I just kept going, they're rock stars, man. They're proper they rock are. stars. They are literally just yeah. writing great tunes, some great riffs, like putting themselves completely out there, glamming it up. Mm -hmm. you know just that but yeah man at the, at the base of it just awesome emotional rock blues tone and tight band and yeah, really tight they band and they sound super great. super so i'd super recommend stuff. you check those guys out as well check out a band called the yeah. damn truth Mon a montreal band that they've been supporting king king on this tour so yeah. hopefully it's been yeah, successful cool. for them but yeah they're yeah, cool they were awesome 
What a great night, mate. I'm, I was, I was, I'm buzzing for that. And uh, yeah, we've got some more trips out soon, which is going to be good. And we're going to take the podcast and, and get do some recording and stuff there yeah. uh, on site. So uh, yeah, we'll talk about that at the end of the show because that might be our next recording. But uh, yeah, yeah. what true. else is on your mind today, buddy? Um, oh, other than the incredible gig to, we saw to, last night. Yeah, I wanted to just talk about um, uh, Joe Bonamassa again. <laughs> well, not necessarily Joe Bonamassa, but... <laughs> Um, he's, he's got, <laughs> do you remember like a couple of years ago, he, he did this, he's always done almost like an annual, uh, collaboration with Epiphone based on a guitar he owns or, yes. or something, you know? Yes. A couple of years ago, yes. he did this beautiful Epiphone Black Beauty, which was based on yes. a 58 Strat custom, custom Strat, not uh, 58 custom Les yeah, Paul, yeah. <laughs> Les Paul yes. uh, Epiphone Strat, you know? Um, <laughs> Because based on a 58 custom Black Beauty, you know. And then last year, I think it was last year, yeah, he, him and Epiphone did a collaboration where they did an Epiphone version of his Lazarus 59 Les Paul. Um, oh, man. I love uh, the, the whole story behind Lazarus. Yeah, exactly. Literally being the, res- well, the, the, the Gibson that he found. That's right, the 59. Found. Yeah. That he, <laughs> somebody he has brought to him. finding yeah. these, yeah, these 59. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think when you're connected like he is, he's probably getting phone calls every day being offered yeah, vintage instruments right for sure um, for sure so yeah epiphone you're right i'd forgotten epiphone did a version of lazarus i mean it's basically a 59 with a really nice refinish on it and yeah you know um but, but it's a great great sounding guitar by all accounts and didn't didn't he do an epiphone version of his gold top the one with like all the black hardware i on think it? he did I'm yeah sure, a, i'm sure a, he did a while it. back yeah he did with the with a, a um it was a dark back wasn't it? I think that's right. That's right. Because that wasn't his first um, Gibson signature. Was his Bonamassa gold top? Yes, with the black hardware and the dark back that I love that's on right. a gold top. That's right. And yeah. I'm sure they did an Epiphone version of that as well. I think so. I think you're right, and I think that's possibly where this kind of run of things started. And yeah, what was interesting about the Lazarus guitar is that they made some slight changes to the spec of a standard Epiphone that I think yes. really made it kind of just that bit more comparable to, you know, a, a Gibson instrument as well, you know, like the long tenon neck joint into the, into the guitar, you know, um, just, I think the wood choices and the, and the, and the scale length were more equivalent to the Gibson and, um, it had the burst bucket pickups in. So you were getting, you know, you were paying more than usual for your, for your Epiphone Les Paul, but you're getting closer to the Gibson guitar that is you know, three, see, four Epiphone times the can price. Do that. But sadly, Gibson won't do that. When you go and no. buy like a Slash Signature or some other yeah. stuff, it's ba- you're basically getting the standard with yeah. a different finish on it and not even the, the same like hardware or pickups that the artist uses. And mm. that's why I love what Epiphone do. You're, because they, they do charge a little bit more money for it, but then they put in stuff that makes you go, it's worth paying for because I'm getting those additional appointments which make this guitar yeah. better than the standard run-of-the-mill stuff. It's not just a new finish and an artist's signature on the headstock. It's actually genuinely an attempt to go premium on the Epiphone um, brand and put some some nicer kit on it, which is like, good on you, Epiphone. That's yeah. exactly the point. I think I think it's not that um it's not just that it's like a commercial endeavor to try and create a you know a run of instruments and and you know just just to kind of make somebody some money or anything. I think what mm. they're doing is really trying to kind of create a, of, of an instrument that is well worth the extra money you're paying, you know, and you're getting good value out of it, and is also going to maintain. I think they're going to maintain their value really well. These Epiphone guitars, um, you know, over time. I mean, the new one that he's got out now is also, I think, based on a guitar that's historically more meaningful to him as well. So those those right. ones I mentioned, the Black Beauty and that that Lazarus guitar, obviously those are fantastic instruments um, and well regarded instruments. So, you know, if you know Bonamassa, you tend to know his guitars right yeah but the latest yeah. one that he's just done is this epiphone 335 is it a cherry red based on mm. a 62 um gibson 335 with uh nice. it's got a maestro you know vibrato set upon it and it's got it's basically meant to be a 
copy of his 1962 Gibson 335 that he recorded his first album with. And then then a few years after that, he sold that guitar to fund a move from New York City to L.A., um, ah. And he he regretted selling it, and it only in I think in the last year or two he managed to track it down and buy it back. So there's well, this I know he bought one off. Um, didn't he buy one from Gack in the UK? He did buy one from Gack in the UK. Three three five. That wasn't not, the same one. That's right? not that the same one. No, but three three five. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That was that was when he was on tour in the UK, and obviously he did a guitar that's safari right. down to Brighton, right? And <laughs> <laughs> well, Gack's a great place to go and do guitar safari. To For be sure. fair, you know, but. Um, Sure. So yeah. this is based on this particular three three five that has got a historical meaning for him. You know, it's his first yeah. album guitar. Um, but I was looking at the specs of this. I was making a point of looking at the specs of this guitar in comparison to the specs of the standard mm-hmm. Gibson. You know, three three five off the shelf three three five. And it, you know, it's it's like in many ways it's almost identical. You know, it's it's wow. a five ply maple top instead of three ply. Nice. So the three ply, nice. I guess, is closer to being a solid top than a five ply but still Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a proper maple top and it's got in it's got indian laurel fretboard instead of rosewood Mm -hmm. Um, that is as far as i can see in the specs the absolutely only difference between that epiphone and the gibson 335 um except for the fact that you're getting those additional adornments of the maestro um you know tremolo system like what would have come on the original 62 instrument but it's about a third the price of the gibson and i'm starting to think that some of these Epiphone, you know, limited run guitars that Bonamassa is doing with them are, you know, comparable in quality now to what you would get from Gibson in the standard range. You know, if you're on the market for a 335 style guitar and you're thinking of going for something like a Gibson instrument, I, I, I think it would be remiss of you to not try one of these out, one of these Epiphone well, of models. Of course, man, of course. Because it's, you I know, mean, it's got the Gibson the- burst bookers on, you know, it's, yes, it's, it's, yes. They're just made to a, a standard that I think is comparable to the Gibson instruments now, on paper at least. Well, I mean, look, Epiphone, let's be honest, have a great heritage in hollow body, semi-hollow yeah. uh, electric guitars. I mean, you know, Beatles were using these back in the day. Yeah. Contemporary artists like Oasis were using them. Uh, Gary Clark Jr., I'm sure, yeah. was was rocking a... a um, Epiphone 335 for many years as his main touring live instrument. I yeah. mean, there, you know, I, you and I have discussed this on the podcast before. We don't have a lot of time as much as, much as we talk like tongue in cheek nonsense and take the <laughs> mickey out of stuff. The, the reality is, is, you know, we are, we are steeped in if a piece of gear is good, you know, it's good. And, exactly. and if, it's, if it's cheap and good, even better. It's like there's good. no brand snobbery <laughs> here, right? I mean, we've got expensive and we've got really cheap guitars, but. Like you get this 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 kind of foolish nonsense about you know oh I couldn't possibly play a guitar because it's got Epiphone on the headstock or it's not this or it's not that and it must be cheap and nasty and all that kind of bollocks. I mean, mm. play mm. the guitar first and foremost, and if it's well set up and it sounds good because you you've practiced and you've played and you know said it before Clapton still sounds like Clapton on a on a Fender Squire I would imagine of course you know? so, of course. Um, but yeah, Epiphone make great, great guitars, and they're they're you know they're particularly their semi hollow stuff like the three three five stuff and the you know the old Epiphone dots and casinos and all of that. Those were legendary guitars, so mm. they've got a heritage in this area. But um, yeah, I love the fact that they're putting some really nice, tasty kit, Graph Tech nuts, um, Burst Bucker pickups, Gibson ones into into these these guitars. Good, it's great, man. Yeah, I think so. Are you buying one? Check them out. <laughs> get of course one. not. <laughs> have you got a, no, have you got a uh, 335? You haven't, have you? No, I haven't. I'd, I would love one, but I've got the Gretsch, haven't I? So, That's which right. is kind of like my semi-hollow box ticked. Yeah. You know, I do love that yeah. guitar. Um, mm. But I would also love eventually like a, a 335 style, mm. um, you know, thing. Uh, I, actually, I'd quite like a an Epiphone Riviera. So, you know, Riviera, oh. kind of, you know, one yeah, of those yeah. style instruments would be great. So, so it's like 335 style, but just a bit more of a classic kind of look and feel. But um, nice. I, nice. You know, I always want guitars. I, there's always things <laughs> I want to buy. Well, on, 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 on that note, yeah. uh, we're going somewhere fun in a, in a couple of yeah, weeks. exactly, uh, yeah. 
So there is the uh, Kempton Park Guitar Show, um, which is taking place. I've been to it a few times, um, but it's the first mm-hmm. time you and I are going to it, right? Um, yeah. Uh, what date is it on? It's like, a, is, is it on Sunday? It's Sunday the 30th, isn't it? Of, Sunday the 30th. Um, and to be honest, this podcast will probably be out the day after that. Yeah. So if you're listening to this on the day we released it, we went to the guitar show yesterday. <laughs> How confusing. <laughs> How confusing. Sorry, mind broken. My mind We're time travelling again. <laughs> Well, let's put something on our social media then to let people yeah. know we're going to be there. And um, anybody that does listen to the show and happens to find themselves at the Kempton Park Guitar Show in the UK next couple of weeks uh, on the 30th, Sunday the 30th of uh, October, come and say hello yeah. um, and, and tell us tell us what you like and what you don't like about the show. And uh, we'd be delighted to meet you. That's a great idea. And we'll go and, uh, we'll go and have a look around and we'll report back oh, on what our findings well. were, you know, we'll in the, in the guitar well. show. Looking forward oh, to it. I need to, to look at who's, who's exhibiting and who's, you know, who's going to be, you know, bringing stuff to the to the show. And um, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, man. It's a good guitar show. You get, you get all kinds of wonder, weird and wonderful stuff there. You get some good guitars there. You get some trash guitars there. You get some odd guitars there. And then you get some cool little, like the last time I went, it was heavily dominated by really unknown luthiers. Right. Okay. uh, So, like Crimson Guitars had a stand there, but they they were like one of the more well known ones. Like, um, uh, but all these other incredible British luthiers just come out of the woodwork, and you go, "Oh my god, this is!" I feel like a kid in a candy shop. Like, who are these people? You know, yeah, amazing, (laughs) good stuff, good stuff. I'm leaving my wallet at home. I've got children. Wise. I can't get by. I think it's I can't wise. guitars. Oh, well, let's see. Let's see what we end up with. Well, you need I'm you not- need a you need a new, so a new wiring harness and some pots and bits and pieces like that. But they, they, you'll get some great deals on on all of that there if you want to get some Les Paul wiring harnesses and stuff. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, that is something. Although I I, I did recall I did put in a new wiring harness on the Les Paul previously. Oh. I just didn't wire it up brilliantly. So I think I'm going to stick okay. with the components I've got. Um, yeah, okay. And I've I've put in the new the, 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 Karen. You're so kind. For my birthday, surprising me with a new set of pickups for the, oh, for my welcome, Les Paul, <laughs> and, and I've got them in. You can see just behind yeah. me now. Obviously, our listeners can't see, but I've got them in. I love the way they look. I've got them in, and and the cables are pulled through to the cavity. But I just haven't done the soldering yet. That's what this little thing is on on the behind me. That's my soldering iron kit. I'm going to do it later. Are oh, you going to get it? You're going to solder all it? Oh, get nice. it done. Oh, yeah, so I'm just so busy with work. I just haven't had the chance yeah. to actually sit down and set up properly. You know, nice. with the iron and get get things soldered in. But yeah. Can't wait to get them soldered in and just try it out and just get these things fine-tuned in terms of pickup height and getting them sounding good and, and just, yeah, just great. Can't oh, wait. Sounds like you got a fun afternoon planned. Actually, that reminds me, I've got a guitar that I need to get out the door today. Um, uh, it's got a Floyd Rose on it, so I've been putting that one off. But yes, that one will get stripped down and, and set up today. Oh, <laughs> balancing a Floyd Rose. Always fun. <laughs> Got a few hours assigned for that. Yeah, we've got it down to an art now. We've got it there. <laughs> <laughs> he says. Fantastic. Well, buddy, pleasure. Yeah, always a pleasure, mate. And last night again was fantastic. What a great gig! Just oh. you know, if you've never listened to King King, go and listen to some King King. They're on Spotify. They're on you know you'll find them on YouTube. And buy the go on the to websites, buy their music. They're such a fantastic band. You won't regret it. Uh, and get out there and see them. See them at a gig as well. well such said. a great band. Well said. Well said. All right, buddy. Well, look forward to seeing you in a, in a couple of weeks' time at the guitar yeah, show. Yeah, man. Be good. Yay. We're going to go shopping. We're going on guitar, guitar safari. <laughs> <laughs> I do I still have some birthday money to spend. I'll take it with you. Oh, oh, bring it with you. Yeah, bring it with you. I'll help you spend it. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, right mate. All the best, buddy. Speak soon. I'll speak to you soon. Yeah. Take care, later, mate. mate. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember to go and give King King and The Damn Truth a listen as soon as you can. If you like what you hear, then remember there are 64 other episodes going back almost two years that you can check out where we talk about things like how to set up your guitar, the best budget guitar amps, music theory, and even a Guitar Smarts pub quiz. Go and enjoy them. Anyway, best wishes. See you next time on the Guitar Smarts podcast.